This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. It's 60 in downtown Binghamton at 9.04. The forecast from the National Weather Service, sunny today with a high around 86. Workers at a Broome County Starbucks coffee shop now have voted in favor of being represented by a union. Alexandra Yeager, who had successfully organized a Starbucks location in Albany, told WNBF News the shop at... 2540 Vestal Parkway East, where she currently works, is now a union store. The employee vote in favor of being represented by Starbucks Workers United was 9 to 4. There now are about 230 Starbucks locations where employees have voted for the union. The Vestal Parkway vote came just over two months after workers sent a letter to Starbucks Chief Executive Howard Schultz. That letter advised Schultz that the employees want to be able to have their voices heard while working toward a healthy partnership with the company. New York's highest court has agreed to hear an appeal from Harvey Weinstein over his 2020 rape conviction. Court spokesman said oral arguments would likely be held sometime next year after the decision to hear the case was granted August 19th. Weinstein was convicted in February 2020 in New York City of forcibly performing oral sex on a TV and film production assistant in 2006 and raping an aspiring actress in 2013. Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison and is now in custody in California, waiting trial on other assault charges. New York's highest court has designated Associate Judge Anthony Canatero to serve as the acting chief judge when Jen D. Fiore steps down. She's going to wrap up her service with the court at the end of the month. Canatero, the former administrative judge of New York City's civil court, has been a member of the Court of Appeals since June of last year. He'll remain in charge in an interim capacity until a new chief judge is nominated by Governor Hochul and confirmed by the state Senate. The New York Commission on Judicial Nomination, which screens candidates for Court of Appeals vacancy, says it's currently considering applications to replace D. Fiore. Canatero is 57. He'll have a dual role leading the seven-member high court and overseeing the operation of the entire New York State court system. He's a son of Italian immigrants and graduate of Columbia University and New York Law School. He was first elected to the bench in 2011. He served as a family court judge in Brooklyn and a civil court judge in the Bronx. In 2016, he was appointed supervising judge for Manhattan Civil Court, and then the next year, he was named administrative judge for the city's civil court. Federal authorities in New York City now say three individuals in the state of Washington have been arrested on charges that they dodged taxes while living lavishly as they operated a multi-million dollar nationwide yoga network. A complaint unsealed in Manhattan Federal Court said the organization called Yoga to the People promoted itself from 2006 through 2020 
as a group featuring no-ego teachers to convince people that yoga is for everyone. Authorities said the organization started on Manhattan's Lower East Side before it became popular and then spread to other states. WNBF News Time, 9.08. Is your prospect... Now the forecast from the National Weather Service, mostly sunny today, high 86, partly cloudy tonight, low 64. Sunny tomorrow with a chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon, high 86. The weekend forecast, mostly sunny Saturday with a slight chance of showers, high 81. And sunny Sunday, high 86. Right now, it's 59 in downtown Binghamton at 910. I'm Bob Joseph, WNBF News. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Thursday morning, live, local. Hey, Bob Joseph, ready to accept your calls if you wish to participate. The number, 607-772-1290. You also are welcome to send emails to bob at wnbf.com. Let's get it going. Hi, WNBF. This is your friend Bob on the radio. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, the town of Dickinson. Oh, Beverly. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Yeah? Uh, two questions. Uh, can you can you split your ticket in November? I believe you can. I mean, so if you wanted to vote, say, for a Republican and also a Democrat... Uh, is that what you're asking? Can you do both? There's some good candidates out there, though. Yeah, they're oh, they're great candidates. I mean, I think the I like that Josh Riley, though. He seems he seems pleasant enough. Well, he grew up in Endicott. I know the street where he lived. I I lived in that neighborhood for a time. Never never ran into him back in the day, but I I know the area. It's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, I always lived. I always lived where I where I did where I do now. You know, I grew. I was. I grew up here. I had a lot of friends in the terrace that I went to school with. I, matter of fact, matter of fact, one of the fellows, uh, the in the terrace, Charles Hummel. He taught me the ice skate. And then he got a uh, he got an illness, and he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, well. And, but he but he made it to every every ice skating that I went to. Really? Well, see, I always wanted to learn how to ice skate, but nobody would teach me. So I was on my own, and I tried a couple of times, and I failed miserably. So. You know, and I still have, here it is many years later, I still have a fear of ice skating because I never had anybody to teach me how to do it correctly. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I was ice skating until 
Oh, from the time I was five years old, probably to, oh, I don't know, probably up to, up to 2003. All right. Well, that's it's a pretty good record. Just, uh, just a, a word of caution. Uh, tomorrow's program is the Friday program, so if you tune in tomorrow, be prepared to be extra excited, okay? Are you going to try to listen tomorrow? Yes. All right. Well, just be prepared because it's Friday, and you know things tend to get a little more exciting on the final day of the week, so be ready for that. Uh, when's Jerry Smith going to be on? Um, I believe he's going to be on the second Friday of September. Oh. Yeah, I don't have my calendar, so I can't tell you the, the specific date. For some reason, I, I'm inclined to think it might be September 13th, but I hold on a second. You got a minute? Lady uh, running against uh, Axar. Oh, uh, Kathleen Newcomb, the uh, yeah. captain with the sheriff's office. Yeah, we should have, we should invite both yeah, of them. She don't have no signs up. He's got them up all over. Well, she has some signs up. I didn't see them. Yeah. I've seen about six signs up here between, between Sunrise Stairs sign. And up to uh, up the Burger King, I seen I seen signs up for him. Uh, speaking of Burger there. King, did you see what Burger King did? No. The Burger King, and they they won't leave well enough alone. The Burger King, they they came up with um, the Big Mac, and now they have one. It's called the Chicken Big Mac. So it's. It's the weirdest thing. They're trying to take what was fine to begin with, and now they're putting chicken on it. Oh, Lord. I mean, come on, man. Uh, I looked up on the calendar. Jerry Smith will be on September 9th. Oh, okay. All right, so circle it in your radio guide, and that way you'll be able to hear real history with a real historian. Here on WNBF 915, Bob Joseph taking calls. Without fear or favor. Good morning. Uh, your first name, please, and your hometown. Hello. Bob? This is Bob Joseph on the air. Hello, speaking oh, live. Hi. Is this Sandy? Oh. Yeah, this is Sandy, and James took my my little message, and I guess he didn't put it on your teleprompter or whatever. But anyway, I wanted to talk about, the, uh, of course, the student loan forgiveness. Um, First of all, I'm totally against it. We can't afford it. Uh, and it's questionable that it's right before, you know, the uh, uh, the uh, <clears throat> primary, no, the primaries are over, but the uh, for uh, governor and for all the Democrats, you know, that want it. And uh, anyway, uh, first of all, let me preface by saying, if I heard right that children of color, minorities, or whatever, uh, do not get the same rates that uh, maybe white kids do or affluent kids um, from lenders, whether they're banks or credit unions or whatever, that is totally wrong. It needs to be changed. They have, they should have the same rates as any other child. Well, I agree because my 
my thought about life is everyone should be treated the same. Well, in that instance, absolutely, Bob. You know, just because the color of their skin, they should not have a different rate or a higher rate to go to college or go on to school. But my thing is, my kids went to went on to college. We helped them as much as we could, which wasn't a lot. But they went on to, they worked in the summer. They worked part-time while they were going to school. And uh, my oldest child went to Broome, and then she went to SUNY Binghamton. She graduated and got a good job after she graduated. But she paid off her loans. She worked and paid them off. And, and my youngest one went on to uh, uh, a private school, but in New York State, and uh, she earned um, scholarships to help pay for her education because she liked the school. She was willing to work hard and get a scholarship, and she graduated in the top 10% cum laude of her class. So, I, you know, kids can do it. They need to get off their backsides and work. And you know, what I say is uh, stop playing the video games, stop smoking weed and drinking beer, and go out and get a job. Be a productive, contributing member to society. Am I right? Yes, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, that's why I think people are angry because, you know, you don't just sit on your backside and think people are going to hand you everything all your life. It, that doesn't work that way. So um, I just needed to say that. But I, I did want to say that, you know, if lenders are pulling this kind of stuff, they should be called out on it. They should be uh, publicized, um, put it on the radio, on TV, and in your program or whatever, that they're doing this to minority and or any student. I right. don't care who it is. Well, everybody should be treated the same, in, in my view. I appreciate your call, Sandy. Thank you. 919 WNBF with Bob Joseph. Taking calls, 607-772-1290. Paul from West Windsor, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, I haven't called in a long time. One of the reasons is uh, my uh, track phone, we used to get good coverage out in West Windsor, but now I have a... Uh, one of those Galaxy Samsungs? Yeah, I've got one right here. I'm holding it now. Yeah. Uh, boy, I fought not to, to go over to one of these uh, Samsungs. Right. I finally had to get one, and I got it. And, God, they downloaded everything from Google. Every email I hmm. friend I had for 10 years or came down on my phone. But where anyway, where is your phone? Where where was your phone made? Do you know what country your phone was made in? Was it made in the United States? Well, I don't think so. Samsung Galaxy A eleven. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's the kind that it's I think tiny. I have one. It's like an yeah. S eleven, but guess what? It's not made in China. I was shocked. Well, where is it? Japan? No, even more shocking. Korea? No, even more shocking. America? <laughs> no, that, no, we can't make a self. Come on. Get serious. <laughs> you, know, you could keep guessing. It was made in Vietnam. Well, we, it was made in Vietnam. Some, if we had some chips over here, we probably could. Well, we could. We, you know, That's what they ought to do. 
in Binghamton, instead of growing weed over there in the first ward, remember they were uh, going to put in a, a business center, and then they couldn't find any businesses. So now they're going to take all that property north of Clinton Street that used to be where Anatech was, and now they're going to grow weed. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, that's what it's come down to. In 2022, the only hope for Binghamton's economic salvation is to grow cannabis. You know, get get everybody smoking weed. Everybody over 21 will have to buy at least three ounces of weed a week to keep the, well, the, the weed plantation in business. Well, I'm 74. I tried it, and I didn't like that stuff. Well, I tried it, and I didn't like it either. I mean... I think most people, I, like I think, your... try it, but most people, do, some people like it, and that's fine. You know, I mean, everybody, look, some people don't like chocolate cake. That's fine by me, but at least try right. it, and then, right. you know, if you, if you like you, it, yeah. As long as you can function in society and you smoke it, I guess, uh, you don't crack somebody up in your car, I think it's okay. Well, that's the thing. Do, be responsible. The same thing, if you're eating chocolate cake while you're driving, you're probably going to be distracted by the great taste of chocolate cake. Even worse. <laughs> it Even is worse. worse. Yeah. So, yeah, pay attention and, and don't get yourself or anyone else hurt. Be careful. When I, when I drive, I, uh, I drive uh, uh, listening to or watching for the unexpected. I'm always looking for a ball to run on the street or somebody to walk out. And I go slow. I go slow. I mean, I, I do the speed limit. Right. Well, and that's the but, thing. You have to be always vigilant. You have to pay pay attention for pedestrians, animals, and other vehicles. I'll tell you, what causes accidents is the unexpected. Somebody slams on their brakes, flat tire, or there's a, something unexpected happens. Yeah. Well, uh, the reason I, the reason oh, yeah. What, in, yeah, what's your topic? Yeah. But the topic is, I like your show. I listen to it every day. I hardly ever miss it. And I particularly like the last closing 10 minutes where uh, I call him Mr. Vintage calls in and gets his talking points. Mr. Vintage. I'm not going to use his name. Yeah. Well, somebody wrote a, a note. Another listener wrote a note about that caller. And let me see if I can find the note. We well, he's part of the show now. Well, he know? is. But but a lot the, of people are part closing, of the show. But here, the, but the, the closing, closing but but somebody closing right. But somebody brought up, and I just want to if I can find this email because somebody brought that up. Let me see if I can find it here. We get so much email. Oh my gosh! Um, hold on a sec. Oh, so he wanted to know. So how is it that this guy seems to get the last word before you sign off? Do you have some kind of deal with him? So that was an actual email that I received uh, after Wednesday's program, and I wrote back to him. I said, I don't know when anyone will call. If two people are on hold at 11.53, I'll do my best to speak with each person briefly. So it's it's not by design. It's just the way it works out. Well, it looks like he has prepared talking points. Well, so do a lot of people. You know, some people, some people uh, call in without any advanced preparation. Other people jot down one or two things that they, they want to say because they know depending on how busy the program is, their their time could be limited. So I, I'm sure he's not the only person. People are interested in what he has to say. 
Well, I know they are. I know. He generates, I'll tell you, he generates a whole lot of comment, probably more comment than the average caller. So I'm, I'm pleased that he participates. I want everybody to call in, though. You know, what uh, is alarming to me is when people don't call in for a few days, then you wonder if they're okay. I like to know what they're thinking, the left, the far left. Well, that's why they have MSNBC. And your show is really great, and I'm going to keep listening to it. I won't be calling from West Windsor because no reception where I'm at. <laughs> well, I appreciate your, uh, your your calling in today with some of your thoughts, and I, I hope yeah, you have I'm a, the a great day. Listeners. I'm a silent listener. Like the uh, what they used to call the silent majority. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you, Paul. Have a good day. Thanks. That's the report from West Windsor making WNBF News. Now to Binghamton. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Hey. Um, I just had a comment, I guess, uh, on the Pell Grants. Um, I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. I, I guess my daughter racked up over a quarter of a million dollars in debt, most of it through the Pell Grants. And, you know, it's a big risk for a parent or a student to take um, in hopes that they're going to graduate and, you know, get a job and be able to pay that back. I, I get all that. But the problem I'm having with the give out is the Pell Grants were at such an interest rate that was well beyond um, even what the banks were loaning out at the time, anywhere from 48% interest compounded. That in itself, on a quarter-million-dollar loan, was enough to choke a horse. And in my daughter's case, she did complete pharmacy school. She did a two-year residency where they deferred the loan, but the interest clock was still ticking. And it was over $20,000 in interest on just those two years she did her residency. So I, I haven't heard any... But he talk about the interest rates that I don't know if it's controlled by the government or or how that works, but I, I think that's a good place to start is if you want to help these kids, don't kill them with, you know, high interest rates or any interest rates. Right. I think that's a good place to start instead of, you know, this loan forgiveness after the fact where they've accumulated all this debt and can't pay it back. You know, if they did some logical thinking, financial thinking on the front end, I think it'd be uh, an advantage to all. Yeah, we'll see what other listeners have to say. By the way, who the heck is Pell? What what does Pell have to do with any of this? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. So Pell grants, everybody wants them, everybody has them. So who the heck was Pell? Uh, that I don't know. But it, you know, must have, uh, it's, it's a government grant. I mean, it's and they could jump through hoops to apply for it. It's a pretty cumbersome process. Actually, I looked it up before I posed the question on the air. It's named in honor of U.S. Senator Claiborne Pell of Rhode Island. So there you go, in case anybody at a party ever asks you, what the hell is a Pell Grant? Say it's named in honor of um, Senator Claiborne Pell. 
They, uh, it, there was a program, it was called originally a Basic Educational Opportunity Grant, and then they renamed it in honor of Senator Pell in 1980. So there. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I, you know, again, some may say that's unnecessary trivia, but on the other hand, well, if you're at a if you're at a trivia contest, that could be that could be the the answer that gives you all the marbles. Yeah, it's good information. I'd, I'd like to drill down on that and see when it originated the intent, and then somewhere the banks or federal government got involved with the interest rates, and you know, pretty much made it a uh, a business proposition for him. So, well, that is an interesting thing, and I, I never really thought that much about about the history of student loans. Um, it it just seems to me that your suggestion is a wise idea and ought to be pursued. That going forward, uh, affordable financing, whether it's loans with, with either preferably no interest or or relatively low interest make it make it so the program is going to be affordable so after people complete their education they stand half a chance of getting their student debt paid off quickly i agree 100 percent. yep appreciate your call yep thanks man. it is 9 30 you are listening to america's can I say America's talk show? That's what we'll call it. This is America's talk show. Bob Joseph at the controls. More calls are coming up. 607-772-1290. Or send an email to Bob at WNBF.com. Nine thirty four WNBF. Bob Joseph James from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey Bob. Uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of call in and piggyback off of the previous caller who was bringing up the interest situation, and I think that's something not a lot of people realize when they're getting like caught in this whole like, oh, people are paying for stuff and I didn't get to do it and I did and whatever. You know, uh, and and for context, I'm someone who went to private school myself on my own dime and paid my own loans, and it, as far as I'm concerned. Yesterday was one of the best investments of my tax dollars or future tax dollars that we, we could have made. Um, you know, it's easy to opine and wax about days where, like, oh, I mowed lawns and went to school. Well, cool. That was, like, 40 years ago. And the, the exorbitant, infl- uh, you know, rise in tuition costs in the last 20 years is is quite amazing to witness if you're not really plugged into it. You know, you might be completely ignorant to it. And, you know, there's certainly plenty of Fair criticisms about like you know uh, our universities just you know getting really expensive with like new luxury things and this and that and the other and artificially inflating the costs because they know they will have federally backed loans. I mean that might be a component to that, um, but ultimately what's going on is you know we've got vitally important career tracks out there that 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 sustain our first world standards of living. Uh, that require sometimes two degrees and and some public research or a residency or something like that. And, and, and for jobs that aren't even really high paying when you get out, you know, whether it's teaching or human services, um, you know, and so you get you have people literally getting out of college, getting a, a, a starting at the bottom of a job uh, career track. And you've got situations where interest is almost outpacing 
if not actually outpacing the minimum payments. Uh, and, and that's not winning a winning situation for anyone, you know. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, and so, like, this notion that uh, these are people that haven't got off their butts or, like, you know, don't understand the value of working hard and paying for your debts. Like, it's, it's absurd. Like, nobody blinked twice at taking PPP money a couple of years ago, you know. Nobody blinked twice at handing out bailouts to corporations. Understand, yeah, maybe there's a few people here or there who meandered around. Uh, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my college degrees. I don't know what my future track is, and suddenly I've got six years of school. Okay, fine, that's a fair thing, but to cast a general aspersion on that is, it displays, it, it, it is an example of nothing more than willful ignorance. Um, yeah, well, and that, I mean, to your point about, the uh, escalation of tuition costs over the last few decades it is it is shocking it's alarming it it's and gone up I, I i submit to you that uh, tuition costs have escalated at a at a greater greater rate even than our cable tv bills and our newspaper oh, subscriptions yeah. and, and and i don't mean to say that you know we shouldn't look at like some of the luxury standards that seem to be going along with, you know, I've joked that you walk on a campus now and you, and, and students have a higher standard of living on the campus than they'll ever have in 25 years of their career. Uh, uh, but in that, whatever, that maybe that's me being the old guy now uh, who, you know, went to college in a concrete box. Uh, but um, <laughs> at, at SUNY Plattsburgh. <laughs> but, but on the same token, on the same token, when, when, when you are, when you are a research science uh, research uh, university, uh, and, and it's an important partnership that universities and the public and private sector have to be on the cutting edge of, 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 of research and technology and you being able to utilize the, the think tank of students and professors. You know, it, it's also very expensive to stay on the cutting edge of anything for any reason. So, um, so what we have is a unique circumstance here. And, and, and there's no overall greater moral judgment about laziness or purpose or duty or whatever to be made here. It's patently absurd. Um, I think that New York's on the right track with, you know, go to SUNY for four years, get your undergrad, and if you work here for a set amount of time after that, uh, your tuition's covered. I think, I think investment programs like that are good. Uh, I think that people who say, what about the trades? I think that's good. I think we should have programs to have, help people have no net cost access to that career training as well. Um, but overall, it's an investment. And the biggest, the biggest component in what happened yesterday isn't the ten to twenty thousand. Okay, you just had somebody come on and bring up uh, a family member taking on a quarter million just to get a, a pharmaceutical, uh, uh, a, a, a pharmacist degree or license. And I'm and and um, and. Uh, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought there. Bob. That's okay. Was, that happens. I was on a roll. No, no. The inter- okay, so the, the provisions yesterday, you know, far beyond a ten or twenty thousand uh, dollar rebate or forgiveness. Uh, the bigger deal is the capitation on minimum payment to income ratio and the ability uh, to cap the interest rate so that it does not outpace uh, the minimum payments. And what you're going to have now is, yeah. People are still going to have to pay their debts back. Somebody got forgiven ten thousand yesterday might still have fifty thousand to pay, but now they're not going to have to pay it uh, with an interest rate that keeps compounding. Okay, what we have is a human service need that has been financed with a model that's used for investment banking or mortgages or other profit-driven industries like that. And 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 simply put, 
over the last 30 years, the average consumer is the one holding the bag. So when you hear somebody out there saying, this is just a giveaway to rich kid, parents' kids uh, who went to private school, no, 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 no. If you're making over a certain threshold, which really in a two-income household in New York City is still pretty much middle of the road to make 125, um, you know, you're, you're get, this is directly targeted for people who need this sort of, like, relief, who are going to suddenly find several hundreds of dollars available in their monthly budget, and these are not kids in their basements. Maybe there's a couple. These are households with small kids in their 20s and 30s and even their 40s who are suddenly going to have uh, more more capital and more spending opportunities in their budget, and that is actually going to manifest itself in our local communities, in our economies, and will have an immediate impact. James, thank you for your call. It's 940. This is WNBF, WNBF.com. Tom in Poughkeepsie, good morning. Hey, how are you? Um, yeah, I was, I was just listening, and I think people were touching on it, but the tuition cost is the big problem. And I've often thought uh, that there should be some way to make the, the colleges have some skin in it, possibly making them pay uh, or offering a loan um, so that it would sort of persuade students to take the right curriculum that would yield a job that they could pay it off, and colleges would get the feedback. You know, they would say, wait wait a minute, a lot of these tuition programs, uh, while they may be interesting and meaningful, they don't seem to enable the students to pay the loans back that we offered, and it would tend to, I think, lower the tuition government's just making it worse by making the colleges, a lot of them, not all of them, really wealthy, and there's and we're basically the public paying for these universities, you know, the student uh, experience, all this baloney that doesn't really have anything to do with getting a job and, and you know, uh, helping society when they get out. So that's my, my statement. I just wanted to put that out there and see what maybe other callers have to comment on that. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. 941 WNBF. More calls more often. A busy first hour. Ron in Binghamton. Good morning. Hey, Bob. I This takes me back. Uh, when I graduated, actually, I graduated cum lately from Watsamata University. I don't know if you went to Watsamata Youth, but that's where I went. <laughs> went to the, uh, the, the Watsamata School of Engineering. Yeah, what's the matter? You was the university. In fact, uh, I I roomed with him. Uh, Bullwinkle the Moose went to what's the matter? You, if you recall. Yeah, I, uh, I I roomed with John Belushi. We didn't get a whole lot of work done. Yeah, but you knew how to um, do your impression of a pimple, right? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, when I was in the school cafeteria and I wanted to impress a, a couple of the <clears throat> other students, I. I would I would do that, and then, of course, I also enjoyed going shopping at the supermarket, and uh, you know I'd run into the the president's wife or the dean's wife and try to make an impression. Yes, yes, Dean. Uh, I forgot his name. Dean Wormer. Dean Wormer. Yes. <laughs> hey, um, on on this issue, I I think uh, the the caller, not the last one, with the one prior is missing something basic. Um, you know, good intentions, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And he spoke about willful ignorance and it being patently absurd to con- continue uh, with uh, these people 
having such high interest rates. And I just want to I just want to say, you know, if you sign a contract uh, and take money and you're talked into by the university or whomever that you should spend um, a quarter of a million dollars to get your degree in art history, well, you signed a contract. That's your business. Uh, I want to ask why, if you signed a bona fide contract, the president can categorically cancel that legal contract and screw UPS drivers and plumbers who are going to be paying for this. They didn't go to college, and they will end up picking up your tab because you wanted to go into art history and were talked into to spending that amount of money. I do agree with the last caller who said uh, that, they, uh, that the university should have skin in the game. I think the university should co-sign the loan. And, uh, you know, you've got students. I'll give you an, an example, a terrible thing, really. You, you've got a student who goes to a college, uh, spends a lot of money, uh, indebts himself, and he's in for three years. He didn't get the degree. After three years, he drops out or quits and uh, so he's got three years in with, with a big uh, debt, but he didn't get that degree. Now, uh, what, uh, what good did that do him? Because we live in a culture where you have to have that sheepskin. You have to have that degree. That's the way we set it up. Uh, unless you're there on graduation day and get your degree, your three years are, eh, except for experience and getting to the old now, they're not worth anything in the world which requires a college degree for various kinds of employment. You know, Harvard University has a, like a $100 billion endowment. I think maybe they should uh, co-sign the loan. Uh, but basically, Bob, uh, there was a contract signed by the student and or the parent, a legal contract. Why can't that legal contract hold how can someone who wants to get votes in November cancel that so that uh, he can mitigate the, the, the turnover to a Republican Congress by doing a really great giveaway program? That's my question. And I do believe that Biden is screwing a lot of people. And I call them the UPS drivers and the plumbers who uh, didn't go to college, work hard. And now we're going to pick up the debt of people who wanted to major in art history. Provocative comments, but probably uh, pretty much right on the mark. I appreciate it. It's 947 WNBF, the most calls in America. Very busy hour number one. Larry and Kirkwood, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Now, first off, I want to say a six-ounce coffee is not going to do it. I want a full-course rib dinner, okay? <laughs> All right. We're referencing the um, the uh, caller incentive program that I briefly mentioned with James earlier this morning. I like this idea. Uh, everybody who wants to participate 
by the way, it's optional. It's not a requirement. But people who want to become members in the WNBF Frequent Callers Club, they could get uh, a card. We could issue them and then say after you've made 10 or 12 calls to the program, uh, we punch. We will have like a little puncher. And every time that you call, we'll punch a little thing out on the card. And when you get up to 10 or 12, then you, I had said that you'd get a, a free six ounce cup of coffee at participating locations. Hold on, one second, Bob. Uh, hold on, Lord. Yes, I am. Who's, okay. who's that? Is it, is it the cops? That was my sister. Oh, I thought maybe they're like over at Mar-a-Lago where they're about to, uh, you know, execute a search warrant. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what a bad time. Uh, well, um, anyway, so let me get on to my main point. Yeah, I, I concur with everything that last caller said. I mean, this is absolute craziness what the president just did yesterday. Absolute nuts. I mean, this isn't free money. He's going to jack up everybody's taxes here. It would not only just that, but with every other crazy thing he's doing here. I mean, this is just going to exacerbate the whole problem. And I think pretty much that's what he wants to do. He wants to cause everybody a problem. You know? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, right. I don't think he wants to cause a single problem. I think he wants people to be happy. And what better way to be happy than have your um, big loans forgiven? If if I had a big loan, I'd love to have the president forgive it. Well, that's all well and good, but everybody <laughs> else is going to... I was going to say, I would love to have people pay off any, any big loans I had. If Here's the thing. It's August 25th. I will take out a loan for a $100,000 car today if I can be assured that two years from now, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Mike Pence will, will find somebody to pay off the, the loan. I'd, I would be glad to go buy myself one of those Tesla electric cars right now if I could make the payments for two years and then have somebody in August of 2024, right before the election, say, oh, it's forgiven, Bob. Um, you go off and drive your little Tesla electric car, and, and I'll have uh, somebody in Halstead, Pennsylvania, pay off your loan. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is all about. The you know, midterm elections, he's trying to give the Democrats cover so that they may be able to pick up some, some states, but... Uh, it's not going to work for them. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I definitely am. I'm sensing a trend among our listeners when it comes to student loan forgiveness. We've got more calls coming up. 607-772-1290. A community conversation happens every morning from 9 to noon here on News Radio WNBF. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. Before.
8.54 WNBM. Matt from Binghamton, the former mayor of Binghamton, Matthew Ryan. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good. I would just like to talk about student debt a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I just turned on the show, and you were saying you were seeing a trend. I, I guess based on the last call, the trend would be uh, seem to be that people are against this so far, or what? Yeah, it seems they're against it the way it's configured. I don't know that everybody who's called is is against helping some students but i i think i think there is some concern that that people would be getting unnecessary or unfair assistance well first of all it's you know some people have tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt even hundreds of thousands and they're only talking about giving i think the most 20,000 and most people 10,000 relief um you know, it's back when I went to school, uh, back in even up until the early 80s, uh, the Pell Grant that you got would pretty much pay for your tuition. Then you only had to figure out a way to live uh, while you were going to college, pay for living expenses if you didn't have any help, which at that time I didn't, uh, but I could afford it. Now it's gotten so crazy, and college is so expensive, even state even, you know, state-run colleges, that you come out with huge amounts of debt. And there's all sorts of stories about how the American dream is no longer reachable for so many young people, and they're getting discouraged that, um, you know, that something has to be done. But the criticism I've been hearing is we can't just do this and then not reform our educational system and how much it costs. Uh, all that stuff kind of things. You know, some of these higher places that cost so much money, they're sitting on billions of dollars of endowment, um, and, you know, this tuition is still sky high. So most countries, and they'll call it socialism, but social democracies, almost the difference between our our country and those in Europe uh, and many uh, other developed countries are, Education is very cheap or even free, and so is medical treatment and uh, medicine, uh, you know, ability to have access to medical care. That's what separates the great democracies from ours. And if we really want to be a great democracy, we need to find out ways to cheapen the cost of education and um, so we don't get in this bind in the first place. All right, uh, we've got to take a break because the news is coming up. Thank you, Mr. Ryan, former mayor of Binghamton, Matthew Ryan, who was actually here in the studio about 24 hours ago. We've got news coming right up. More calls on this Thursday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Welcome to... I can grow my company while not breaking the bank. Find out how much you could save with Pie Insurance. Ask your agent or get a quote at INeedPie.com. That's INeedPie.com. It's live and local on your Thursday morning. Bob Joseph on WNBF Binghamton at 10 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Thursday, August 25th. It's 10.04. You're listening to WNBF. Workers at one Broome County Starbucks coffee shop have voted in favor of being represented by a union. Alexandra Yeager, who had successfully organized a Starbucks location in Albany, 
said the shop at 2540 Vestal Parkway East, where she currently works, is at is now a union store. The employee vote in favor of being represented by Starbucks Workers United was 9 to 4. There are now about 230 Starbucks locations where employees have voted for a union. The Vestal Parkway vote came just over two months after workers sent a letter to Starbucks Chief Executive Howard Schultz. The letter advised Schultz that the employees want to be able to have our voices heard while working towards a healthy partnership with Starbucks. The message also said partners within our store have experienced being scheduled outside their prospective availability, shift supervisors being forced to stay past their out times, and management not accepting availability request change in in a timely manner. There are about 9,000 Starbucks locations in the United States. In recent months, the company has closed some stores, citing safety issues, but union representatives have said they believe the closings are in retaliation for efforts by workers to unionize. New York's highest court has agreed to hear an appeal from Harvey Weinstein over his 2020 rape conviction. A spokesman for the Court of Appeals said Wednesday that oral arguments would likely be held sometime next year after the decision to hear the case was granted August 19th. Weinstein was convicted in February 2020 in New York of forcibly performing oral sex on a TV and film production assistant in 2006 and raping an aspiring actress in 2013. The 70-year-old was sentenced to 23 years in prison and is currently in custody in California, awaiting trial on other assault charges. New York's highest court has designated Associate Judge Anthony Canataro to serve as acting chief judge after Janet DeFiore steps down next week. Canataro, the former administrative judge of New York City's civil court, has been a member of the state's Court of Appeals since June 2021. He will remain in charge in an interim capacity until a new chief judge is nominated by Governor Kathy Hochul and confirmed by the state's Senate. The state's Commission on Judicial Nomination, which screens candidates for Court of Appeals vacancies, said it is currently considering applications to replace DeFiore, who leaves on August 31st. Downtown Binghamton's most efficient and controversial traffic feature, the Court Street Roundabout, opened a decade ago. The traffic circle at the busy intersection with Shenango and Exchange Streets became operational with no fanfare on August 24, 2012. The roundabout was constructed as a key part of the Court Street Gateway project, which made other infrastructure improvements in the heart of the city's business district. Planning for the major street rebuilding initiative started when Richard Bucci was mayor, but when public hearings were held on the project in 2007, after Matthew Ryan became mayor, the only roundabout proposal was the only thing that drew criticism. Federal authorities in New York say three individuals in Washington state have been arrested on charges that they dodged taxes while living lavishly as they operated a multi-million dollar nationwide yoga network. The arrests occurred on Wednesday. A complaint unsealed in Manhattan federal court said the Yoga to the People organization promoted itself from 2006 to 2020 as a group featuring no-ego teachers to convince people that yoga is for everyone. Authorities say the organization started on the Lower East Side of Manhattan before becoming extremely popular and spreading elsewhere, including California, Colorado, Arizona, Florida, and Washington State. Authorities have announced a $2 million judgment against an oil company operator for endangering the water of residents of the Southern Tier and Western New York. According to state officials, James Lee and his corporate affiliates did not properly plug oil wells they operated. They contend that posed a significant danger to drinking water supplies in Steuben and Cattaraugus counties. The penalty was announced Monday by State Attorney General Letitia James and Governor Kathy Hochul. A state Supreme Court judge has ordered Lee's business to pay the $2 million assessment, 
which was described as the largest financial penalty imposed on an oil and gas well case. And President Biden has announced a plan for student loan forgiveness for many, and Binghamton University students had a strong reaction. The Biden administration's student loan debt plan will forgive $10,000 of debt for those with student loans who are making under $125,000 a year and $20,000 for students who went to college on Pell Grants. President Biden also extended the student loan pause for what is expected to be the final time through December 31st, 2022. And for undergraduate loans, people can cap repayment at 5% of their monthly income. It's 10.09. You're listening to WMBF for News Breaks First, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Welcome. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 70 degrees, 68% humidity. Today mostly sunny, a high near 81. Tonight partly cloudy, a low near 63. Tomorrow, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 3 p.m. Mostly sunny, a high near 81, chance of rain 60%. Tomorrow night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 9 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 9 and 3 a.m., then a slight chance of showers after 3 a.m. Partly cloudy, a low around 60 degrees, a 60% chance of rain. Saturday, a slight chance of showers, but mostly sunny with a high near 75, a 20% chance of rain. Saturday night, slight chance of showers before 9 p.m., mostly clear with a low near 58 degrees, 20% chance of rain. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 81. Sunday night, partly cloudy with a low near 65 degrees. It's 10-11. You're listening to WMBF for News Breaks First, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio, WNBF. It's Thursday morning with Bob Joseph. Coming up, we'll be taking some of your calls. So if you have thoughts that need to be discussed, you can discuss them. If you call 607-772-1290 to talk live on WNBF. That's the type of music we would play if we were called CNBF and if I was in a studio in Montreal. But that's not happening. I'm here in a studio in Binghamton on this Thursday morning, and we're joined by Patrick Dewing. What's your official title? Emergency Services Czar? <laughs> Director, yes. <laughs> oh, I like Czar. Just four letters. Oh, thank you very much for having me on again. Hey, thanks for coming in. Um interesting uh, opportunity for people who may be looking for um, a new career, considering options, and I know uh, Broome County and the Office of Emergency Services is really putting the word out about the opportunity for dispatchers at, at the 911 center. Yes, we've been short dispatchers for uh, quite some time. Um, so we conducted a salary study uh, looking across the state at what other dispatch centers are paying. We found that Broome County was dramatically underpaying their dispatchers. So we took the initiative to go to the Broome County Executive's Office and present a pitch to 
get raises for our dispatchers, and then we put in a resolution to the Broome County Legislature. It's tough work. I've never been a dispatcher, but I, I've observed dispatchers on occasion and also talked with many dispatchers over the years. I mean, it's it can be stressful. I mean, you're dealing, and sometimes, now, say on an ordinary day, you don't have calls flooding in, but I would say every so often you've got situation where, and you know all too well, if you've got uh, a big weather event, oh, I'll say like December of 2020, I don't know if it was December 17th, and suddenly it's like, well, the forecast said maybe 8 to 14 inches of snow, but it just won't stop. And here you've got dispatchers trying to uh, get emergency services to people around county, and already at 3 in the morning there was about 15 inches of snow, and it was coming down at the rate of 5 inches an hour. I mean, that's one of the situations or flooding or other other serious events. I mean, dispatchers have to be trained and prepared to deal with a lot. Yes, weather events especially are extremely difficult, extremely taxing on the dispatchers. But day-to-day, it's extremely taxing as well. Uh, every time they pick up that phone, they have to be prepared to deal with people on the worst days of their lives. Uh, reporting, you know, emergencies, and every call can be challenging. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if if all the calls to the 911 center were somebody saying, my cat is stuck up the tree. Well, maybe that would be one of many calls that would come in today or this week, but unfortunately, uh, some of the other calls are are cases truly life or death. I mean, medical emergencies, sometimes crimes in progress or fires and I, I just can't imagine dealing with that type of stress, knowing it's a very vital service, but also never never really uh, sure of what, what's just around the corner. I think that you hit on it perfectly, the uncertainty of what you're going to get when someone calls into the 911 center. It could be a lost child. It could be a family member in having a medical crisis. You just don't know. It could be a fire, and they have to deal with that and prepare themselves every time they pick up that phone for it being a very dramatic call. And sometimes, say, a medical emergency before before EMS can get at the scene, uh, sometimes it, it requires the dispatcher to provide um, proper instructions. So, so if somebody who's on the phone can take um, necessary steps to perhaps uh, save someone's life, I mean, that that's the type of thing that dispatchers can actually be involved in on, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, one of my dispatchers recently touched on that about having to provide CPR instructions and the person um, ends up surviving, and that was very rewarding. And those are the calls they really take a lot of pride in. So let's talk about the process. If people are interested in exploring an opportunity to become a Broome County dispatcher, what can they do? So there's a couple different ways to apply. Um, first, if you can go on to the GoBroomCounty.com, the county website, under the personnel section, there's a generic application they can submit right online. Um, if they don't have access to the Internet or if they prefer to fill out a paper copy, they can go down to the Broome County office building at 60 Holly Street. And on the third floor is where the personnel office is located. And they can get, provide a uh, paper copy for them to fill out as well. As you mentioned a moment ago, the legislature now has taken steps to um, provide better compensation for dispatchers. Yes, it's been a bit of a process. Um, as I said, we had to conduct a thorough uh, salary study across the state. Uh, we had to determine what raises we could provide out of the current budget. And I'm happy to say that on August 18th, they went in front of the legislature and they unanimously passed the uh, raises for all the dispatchers. If 
you could if you had a magic wand how many how many people would you hire and try to train for um, for the the county dispatch center right now so when we hire, we hire in groups and we do an academy. It's an in-house academy. It takes several weeks to complete as well as on-the-floor training. Uh, generally speaking, we try to fill that between six and eight people. Uh, that's what's manageable for staff and training them on the floor. And I, how long will the training take? What's the basic training from, say, if I'm, I applied and was accepted and was part of the the group that uh, will go through the next uh, round of training approximately how much time elapses from the time of being accepted to the time of being able to go on the job so it's a complicated question but they go through some initial training and then they start working with a training officer so they're on the floor fairly quickly within a few weeks however to truly be trained to work the entire floor it can take over a year so in some respects, that's, that's kind of similar to a process with police. Obviously, a law enforcement academy takes a period of months, like the Broome County Sheriff's Law Enforcement Academy. I, I don't know if it's now up to seven or eight months. But then after you get through the academy and get your basic training, you, they don't just say, okay, Bob, good work. Here's, here's your uh, service weapon and, and your badge and your car. Good luck. They put you out on the street with, um, with, with a, a seasoned officer so you can get acclimated and, and begin to learn the job before you're out on your own. Absolutely. They work with a uh, training officer until that training officer feels that they are sufficient to work on their own. Um, it's a difficult job, and it, it's the learning never truly stops. So they're always learning. We're always doing in-services to better our dispatch staff. And not just routine refresher courses, but sometimes the technology changes. Certainly over the years, the um, capabilities at the dispatch center have, have expanded now. Uh, you know, people can certainly uh, contact the emergency services center through texting, I believe. And so, absolutely, so, yeah, there so. is a text to nine one one option. And I mean, it predates me, but I hear stories of what the dispatch center used to be like twenty years ago. But our experience now is that we have a dispatcher that sits in front of six different screens. It's almost like this radio state. When I started in radio, we didn't have any screens. Now I'm surrounded by by computer screens and it's like yeah when when i started we didn't even know what a computer screen was going to look like so that so again for people who uh, are interested just go to the gobroomcounty.com website and, and look for the jobs area yep look for the jobs area there's a generic application they can submit right online or they can go down to the broom county office building and get a paper copy patrick doing is the director of emergency services for broom county one major project we've talked about with you in the past and even with your predecessors this is a, a, a very important a very significant uh, update that the county is embarking on for its uh, emergency radio system Yes, it's five years in the making at this point. I inherited it, and I'm very happy to say that uh, in about six days, we're going to do our final testing on the new radio system. And once we complete that testing, we are going to be able to start rolling out the new radio system to our public safety partners in the field. For people not familiar with um, the uh, radio system for emergency services, I mean, Obviously, it's highly technical and very complex. But, but if you were explaining it to just the um, the average person, how how can you compare what the county is about to implement with the system that's been in use now for some decades? Yeah, I think the 
the simplest way to put it is we have equipment and technology out in the field that is over 20 years old. It's just inadequate for today's environment with today's technology. There's dead spots across the county where law enforcement, EMS, and fire personnel can't you know, reach Broome County Dispatch over the radio. So with this new radio system, we'll have coverage that is far superior than what we have currently. And I think as of our last testing, we had over 98% coverage across the county. Yeah, it's, and we've had these conversations. I've talked with you about it, as well as uh, people in law enforcement or even the EMS services, fire dispatchers. Sometimes there are dead spots in Broome County, and, and some people may not even realize that, but uh, where the, the current radio system won't reach. And even as you mentioned, because of the uh, unique characteristics of Broome County's geography, you're not going to... I don't think you can ever expect 100% coverage, but if you can approach something like 98%, that would be uh, viewed as a big improvement for the people out in the field. Absolutely. 98% coverage was uh, far superior than what we expected. We were hoping for 95% coverage, but as you said, um, we have very difficult geographic locations here in the county as well as when officers and first responders are in facilities. It makes it extremely difficult. So 98% coverage was far far exceed their expectations and we're very pleased with it so how many towers have been put up as part of the new communication system we built 16 new towers across the county okay. so that's that's the thing and, and putting up towers it's not something you just say okay we've got 16 towers that need to be put up let's do that uh this week and next it's that's been part of a, a very very um drawn out process too it takes time yeah, it took a very long time, and as I said, I inherited this project as very far into it. And um, but I was able to witness the final t- tower out in deposit being erected, so that was a, you know, a proud moment to see that go up. So that's one aspect of it. That's how the basic transmissions can can uh, be put out from dispatch and and uh, things being boosted. Now the next part with the rollout that's going to take several months. That's actually. I think even more complicated because lots and lots of new radios have to be installed and ultimately tested to make sure they they work properly. Yeah, the logistics uh, slightly overwhelming. We have over four thousand portable units in our warehouse right now that we need to get in the hands of our first responders. And as you said, we have to install mobile units in all the vehicles, all the emergency services vehicles. So the ambulances and fire trucks and police vehicles all need to be equipped as well. So are you expecting the the process to be completed by the end of next year? We're optimistic we'll get this all rolled out within 12 to 18 months. So we've we've heard about supply chain issues are are you expecting to get all the equipment as as most of the equipment needed the radios been received already Do, does the county already have that on hand? Yes, the majority of the equipment came in. Um, we did have some slight delays with batteries for the portable units, and uh, that's still a hurdle we're trying to overcome right now. Anything else that I haven't covered that you think is worth noting about the new communication system? No, I think uh, you covered it very well. I'm, I'm very excited for it. It's going to be great for our first responders in the field. And what else is going on in terms of uh, perhaps new information with your department that uh, people should uh, expect to hear more about in the coming months? Well, uh, September, of course, students are going back to school. And I'd like just to echo the message again that be vigilant out on the road. We have school buses out on the road. Never pass a school bus with the stop arm extended. 
county has had that program now in place for over a year, and one of the things that uh, has has amazed many people, including the county executive, Jason Gardner, is how over the course of, of several months, a lot of people were still caught on the cameras in the, the hundreds of school buses passing buses illegally when the flashing red lights were, were activated. Yes, we had some initial estimates provided by the vendor, Vera Mobility, of what we could expect within our first year, but we did not expect to see over 3,000 violations in a single year. To me, it's just remarkable. I would expect a few. I wouldn't have expected thousands. Unfortunately, it was thousands. Um, We are going to start our educational campaign again, um, and you'll see some new flyers out there. You'll be seeing some lawn signs. You'll be seeing some targeted social media ads. So just be vigilant, and please never pass a school bus to stop arm extended. Broome County Emergency Services Director Patrick Dewing, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Bob. It's 1027. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. Ed paid for. WNBF. And of course you can't become if you only say what you would have done. So I missed a million miles of fun. I know it's all for me. Just making sure I'm not in too deep. Back to the phones we go. It's 607-772-1290. Vic from the Forks. Good morning. Uh, this might surprise you, but I'm all in favor for that $10,000 reduction of uh, uh, student debt. But there's limitations to it. I I looked it up on the Internet, on Google, which is a, a pretty interesting site to use. But some of the highlights are, are and, and some of the restrictions that should be put on this, and it's a very smart thing that President Biden's doing, by the way. And you know I do not like the man, but this is very smart. That's a very smart move by the government. All right, 32.9% of all college applic- uh, students, uh, undergraduates, do not complete their first degree program. Uh, 24.1% drop out in the four-year bachelor's program. A total of 40% of all college students drop out at one point or the other. Now, these people should not get any part of this relief program, people who took, I'm sorry, but psychology and arts and things like that, they should not get it. The people that should get it, and for national security reasons, are people who took the sciences, uh, uh, who took math, who took geometry, you know, everything that, that we need to protect our country and to compete with the education level of a fifth grader in China, they should get it. And there was a reason back in 1978 why, why Congress or whoever it was, the banking industry, went through Congress and got bankruptcies and student loans separated from each other. You can't go bankrupt on a student loan. That's because of the abuse of the borrowing system. So 
I'm all for, in favor of, of, I believe we should do a 50% reduction on people who have a 4.0 or higher, higher uh, 20% on people with a 3.5 to 4%. So you're talking about uh, an incentive system. Uh, yes, an incentive system. I don't think, and the reason I say this is the smartest thing Biden ever did is a lot of people don't realize that that $10,000 is a gift back to those people. A gift from the IRS, uh, according to the IRS, is taxable at the highest taxable rate possible, which I believe is 41%. So these people are only going to be getting 6000 uh, relief, less than about 5200 So, you know, it's... It, it's buying votes just before the midterm is all it's really doing, but it's too broad. I, I do believe college students who apply themselves in the in the sciences, and you know, not, not the liberal arts, but in the sciences, which will benefit our country and our national security, they should get all the breaks we can afford to give them. And I'm all for being taxed for that. But I do not believe that we should give tax breaks to people who make a career out of college. 16, 17 years out of college and come out with no degree just because they can live off of student loans. And some of them live pretty well off of student loans. And the reason they go for to college so long is so they don't have to pay it back. And that's why they have the extension on the loan and they uh, on the principal payments and things like that. I know people like that uh, who have gone to college for seven, eight years, never had to pay back a loan. Then they get out and they get in trouble and they can't go bankrupt. But what they do is, you know, a lot of them, they, I, I, I can't say that because I don't know for sure. But some of them, I know some of them for sure go on disability. And once you're on disability, wow. you don't get to, uh, well, that's why I can't say a lot of them. Yeah, well, who, who knows? I mean, look, it, if if you look hard enough, you can you can always find individual examples that, that might, you know, prove the basic point. I, I personally, I don't. I'm not familiar with any. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just you know, I've known a lot of people over the years, and I'm I'm not familiar with anyone who has uh, has done that. All I know, Bob, is that, that we need to do something about our education. I think we're 32 in the world, or something like that. 27 to 32 ranked as far as education goes in the world. Uh, we need to get our students uh, in the math and sciences because uh, uh, look at third grade Chinese kids are being taught geometry and stuff like that in the third grade where we're being taught uh, that it's okay for you know, kids to wear dresses to school who are boys and vice versa. Well, that's, that, that doesn't adversely affect things for most people. I mean, if, if that's what, if that's what uh, seems appropriate for uh, an individual child, allow them to do it. It's not, I don't think it's adversely affecting the, the educational system. I'm not talking about how appropriate it is. What I'm talking about is where where our objectives are. Our objectives are not investing into today into our kids' education. Well, I agree. We we need to we need to focus more on making sure every boy and girl, or however they identify, to make sure every child gets the very best education possible. I mean, we owe that to every child in this country. Bob, I'm trying to make the point that the uh, uh, all, all the bickering about uh, child sex education and stuff like that, that shouldn't be taking place. That should be taking place at home. 
to a certain extent, children don't need to know anything until at least the sixth grade about sex education, except there's men, women, and a DNA pattern in their body, the science of the science of sex. They don't need to be making choices about what they're going to be at that age. Uh, they don't need to be influenced by our education system, what they're going to be at that age. That's what I'm trying to say. We need to focus on the education and not the morality of the nation when it comes to education, because that's what we're doing with this critical race theory and everything else. We're killing ourselves, Bob. We're taking our educated youth out of the program because they're not being educated in what we need to educate them in. And this hurts our national defense. All right. Well, at least we have a good, strong education system in New York. Stronger than most other states. Well, Bob, I can't argue with you there because uh, I do know that uh, uh, New Yorkers graduate a four-year degree with an average of an eighth-grade education and their ability to read and comprehend. And that was a study done by IBM. Well, somebody should do a study on some other states, too. I'm not saying New York can't and, and shouldn't do better. New York can and must do better. But... I, I'm still convinced in, relatively speaking, New York's educational system is superior to most other states. I think it's a little bit better. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, and of course, another problem, too, but this is where it starts getting very complicated, and it's very difficult to, uh, to prove a lot of points, but... We also have a lot of poverty in many parts of the state, including right here in Binghamton and Broome County, Binghamton, Johnson City, Endicott. And that that also becomes a factor in, in trying to properly educate kids. And it's not necessarily the school's fault. If they're coming from um, a, a low-income household and, and, as they say, a less than uh, less than stellar environment, something that's not the type of, of environment that I think most of us were fortunate enough to grow up in. Uh, if they don't have adequate supervision and, and good role models, that makes it difficult for, for our public schools to educate them as well as they need to be. I agree with you, Bob, on that. The demographics are important. If a kid in the Hamptons has a much better chance than a kid in uh, Greenwich Village of getting a good education. But, but let's look at it this way. We talk about rewarding them. That's where I come off with the 4.0 or above. They get 50% locked off their loan. Kids, you know, maybe not up until eighth or ninth grade, realize how important their education is. But at that point, if they have good counseling and they, and they set goals, they do know how important a grade point average is. So at that point, a kid that, that shows a promise in the, in the education and the desire to be educated they're the ones we should be giving the break to, no matter what their demographics are. And it should be the teacher's job to appoint these students in the right direction to get the financial help they need, uh, like it used to be when I grew up. When I grew up, I remember being called in my counselor's office uh, and being told, hey, look, uh, you're not going to be a doctor. Why don't, why don't you go for police sciences or psychiatry or something? Because you're definitely not doctor material. That kind of counseling is what we need back in our schools. Not whether or not you're going to be a boy or a girl or, or, or what's all good or bad on your social life. We need to get back to the heart of education, math, reading, science, and uh, biology. Thank you, Vic. Appreciate your call. It's 1040. It reminds me, the IRS is going to be hiring people, too. 
Get it? 1040. Or 20 minutes before the hour. Right here at News Radio WNBF. Bob Joseph on a Thursday morning. You can always be connected with your favorite radio station, even when you don't have a radio around. You know how painful that is? You kids, when you have no radio around? Good news is you have a phone. Right, kids? May not have a radio. Maybe you've never seen a radio, kids, but you have a phone, so put the WNBF app on your phone, and that way you're always connected with WNBF. Of course, you could also listen, if you do have a radio, at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. Research show. Thursday morning, Bob Joseph with you on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Starbucks store in Broome County have now voted in favor of being represented by a union. About two months ago, a little over two months ago, we spoke with Alexandra Yeager, who had successfully organized a Starbucks store in Albany. And she told us about the organizing effort that was underway at uh, the Starbucks location at 2540 Vestal Parkway East. Well, now there's been a vote. And Alexandra Yeager joins us live this morning. Thanks for coming back on the program. Thanks for having me. So tell us what happened since we first spoke on June 14th about the effort to organize the the, stop, the shop that's across the street from the Town Square Mall. Well, yesterday we had our vote count via Zoom, and we had an 8 to 4 a nine to four vote in favor of the union. So we did get our union. So that's very exciting and everyone is very excited. So when did the initial effort to start this organizing drive begin at this particular store? Was that was that in, in June or was it before June? It was before June, around the middle of May, um, is right like when um, I was reached out in the beginning of April um, while well, I was in Albany, uh, focusing my efforts up there. Um, so pretty much between like April and May, it was really like when things started rolling around uh, the talks about the union. And here we are uh, quite a few months later, um, and we just won our union. So it's been a really hard and long campaign. Um, for our union, but, you know, it ended successfully, and it's 
getting to be really exciting for the Binghamton area. Was the process in Vestal much different from what you went through earlier this year in Albany? Yes. Um, in Albany, we had a, I think it was like 43 days was our entire campaign um, from filing to our vote. Um, the fact that we wanted um, a mail-in vote kind of put us, um, Starbucks attorneys wanted us to go to hearing, um, and then we waited around for quite a few weeks uh, for the regional NLRB decision on whether or not we would have an in-person versus mail-in vote. Um, we ended up having a mail-in vote, so the time it takes um, for the ballots to be mailed out to get them back, and then our vote count is like a little bit timely. So yeah, it took quite a, it took quite a while, but you know, it's worth it in the end. The uh, process here in Vestal, since it started, obviously, as you mentioned, it was underway before, before the letter was made public, that letter to Howard Schultz, the uh, chief executives of Starbucks. Uh, So that process, did it, did it ultimately involve any, any uh, issues with either the local management or anything from uh, Starbucks corporate after it became apparent that at least a dozen workers were interested in having the vote that finally took place on Wednesday? Um, yeah, like we've been going through union, like anti-union tactics um, through management, through our district manager, um, you know, like throughout this entire process, some of our partners that were definitely more public about the union and more eager and supportive were definitely hit harder than others that may not have shown support. Um, but overall, like we haven't really like been threatened with our store closing or anything like that. I know quite a few people are worried about that, but as of right now, there's been no threats to close our store, which is wonderful. <laughs> but um yeah, like, we've been just kind of, like, in the trenches, like, that's what I call it, like, going through it a little bit um, with our hours being cut, having new people in our store, having more new people in our store than people who actually work there throughout all the renovations going on on Upper Front Street, that Starbucks, and then University Plaza workers coming in during, for their renovation as well. Um, so it's been it's been a long summer, um, nonetheless, but it's, you know, it's all worth it once you know the vote count happens and you know you hear that nlrb agent saying congratulations you have one year union so so when you heard that when you heard those words what went through your mind um a sigh of relief (laughs) um it was definitely was a big weight lifted off of my shoulders um just because like my like, I don't just do this for me. I do it for my partners, and my partners are just ready to have better tr- treatment in the workplace, really. And um, it was a really big one for them, and I'm just really grateful. Like, I've been able to be a part of it. So with the outcome of the vote at this location on the Vestal Parkway, what happens next? Where does it go from here? So... You know, that's kind of the question everyone's asking. You know, there is a wait period um, between when Starbucks really shows up to the bargaining table. Right now, the ball is in their court um, when they want to begin those um, proceedings. So it's kind of a wait period. Um, 
I'm involved at the national level with Workers United. So I kind of know what's going on nationally, and I'm excited to bring my other partners into that and hopefully get them being involved with our, our regional joint board as well as the national board. Is there any organizing effort that's really active now at other Broome County Starbucks locations? I cannot say. As they say on the radio, though, probably stay tuned. Exactly. Overall, and you touched on this uh, a moment ago, because Starbucks has closed some locations and many times they're talking about safety issues or other operational problems, they say, with some of these locations. But we know that people with the union have said in many, if not most cases, they believe that the closings were retaliatory. Yeah, um, it's not no secret that 46% of these stores that are closing are that have had either union votes or in the process of further vote. Um, so it's really not shocking that they're doing this, but also it's like right if you put two and two together, it's not a secret that it is 100% is retaliatory. So now with the vote at the location at 2540 Vestal Parkway East, we understand there are 230 Starbucks locations where the workers or partners have have voted to organize this way and affiliate with Starbucks Workers United. Do you know how many locations have voted that way now in New York State? Oh, in New York State, I don't know the number off of my head, but I know because I'm still very involved in the Capital District, between us and them, there's about there's been six votes this month alone. When um, my store won in Stuyvesant Plaza in Albany won in June, we were the second store um, in the Albany area to win, but also we were like the 113th Starbucks to unionize. And fast forward to now, we are the 230th which is quite remarkable. How are working conditions at that store in Albany, Stuyvesant Plaza? You're keeping in touch with, with your former colleagues. What are they saying has happened since the vote? Um, since the vote, they've been waiting for bargaining. Um, I believe they are in negotiations on which dates at this point for that store and a couple of the other stores. Um you know, they're kind of going back and forth on which date they want to set for bargaining. So that should be coming up for them very soon. Um, I know one of the other stores, Niskiuna, um, does have their date for bargaining over about a renovation that will be taking place um, shortly. So, you know, in the Capital District, things are, you know, People have won their votes, but, you know, everything, there's always more work to be done, and, you know, we're just getting started. What do customers have to say about all this? When you discuss it with customers, probably not on the job, because I don't I don't imagine that Starbucks looks favorably uh, with uh, employees discussing organizing with customers on the job while you're serving them, but uh, what, what kind of feedback have you gotten from some of Starbucks' loyal customers? Um, some of them are incredibly excited for us. Um, many of them are very supportive. Um, 
Leo Webb, actually, she just won the primary for the New York State Senate candidate, has been very active within our store. She has came through multiple times um, in order to congratulate us, talk to us um, about our unionizing efforts. But also, you know, our we do talk freely about unionizing within the store, whether management really likes it or not. Um, we 100% can. You know, some managers have said, like, oh, we don't talk about it here. But that is 100% not true. Our customers talk to us about it, and we talk about it freely to them. And it's been mainly positive. Um, really, without community support, like, we wouldn't, you know, it would have been a lot harder. So it was really nice to have them come in and support us throughout our efforts. Alexandra Yeager, working at Starbucks on the Parkway 2540, Vestal Parkway East. Thank you very much for bringing us an update. We'll keep in touch in the uh, coming weeks. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Bob. Take care. It's 1055. We're live and local on a Thursday morning. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. Welcome to... WNBF with Bob Joseph. Gary from Binghamton's West Side, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I'd like to make a public service announcement if I may. The, uh, I looked on the Roma Pony's website and I can't find this anywhere, but if you're a veteran and you want to go to a Roma Pony's game, they have four free tickets for you. You could use them as single game individually or you could take them all at once. And all you have to do is just prove that you're a veteran. So if you want to go to a baseball game and you're a veteran, I think there's two more home games left, uh, or uh, not home games, but uh, series left, uh, you can uh, go for free. No charge. Uh, oh, that's a good that's point. That's the Broome County, by the way. That's from Broome County. Yeah, that's, uh, they, they that's a good point. Tickets. And I, I know we covered the story a few weeks ago when it was announced, but it doesn't hurt to remind people right. of the opportunity. Yeah, because, I mean, I go on the website, and I get it. they got to sell tickets. But you think that they should have it somewhere on there that the veterans can get free tickets. But yeah. it, it's not on there. But Yeah, no, it's, so, a, it's yeah. trying to strike a delicate balance. Because, I, I, I mean, I understand if I was running the team, I I would be scrambling for every available dollar this season. So, but, so I understand I that. I understand, but, too, yeah. But right. thank you for the yeah. reminder. Okay, yeah. good thank show, you. by the way. Oh, it's been great. Very busy. Yes. Thank you, Gary, for that reminder about free tickets for veterans. And, of course, we thank you for your service. And we thank you, everyone, for listening to the first couple of hours. We're just getting started. Another big hour is coming up. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF Binghamton. It's 11 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Thursday, August 25th. It's 11.04 and you're listening to WMBF. Workers at one Broome County Starbucks coffee shop have voted in favor of being represented by a union. Alexandra Yeager, who had successfully organized a Starbucks location in Albany, said the shop at 2540 Vestal Parkway East, where she currently works, is now a union store. The employees voted in favor of being represented by Starbucks Workers United by a 9-4 vote. There are now about 230 Starbucks locations where employees have voted for the union. 
The Vestal Parkway vote came just two, over two months after workers sent a letter to Starbucks Chief Executive Howard Schultz. The letter advised Schultz that the employees want to be able to have their voices heard while working towards a healthy partnership with Starbucks. New York's highest court has agreed to hear an appeal from Harvey Weinstein over his 2020 rape conviction. A spokesman for the Court of Appeals said Wednesday that oral arguments would likely be held sometime next year after the decision to hear the case was granted August 19th. Weinstein was convicted in February 2020 in New York of forcibly performing oral sex on a TV and film production assistant in 2006 and raping an aspiring actress in 2013. The 70-year-old was sentenced to 23 years in prison and is currently in custody in California, awaiting trial on other assault charges. New York's highest court has designated Associate Judge Anthony Canatero to serve as Acting Chief Judge after Janet DeFiore steps down next week. Canatero, the former Administrative Judge of New York City's Civil Court, has been a member of the state's Court of Appeals since June 2021. He will remain in charge in an interim capacity until a new chief judge is nominated by Governor Kathy Hochul and confirmed by the state's Senate. The state's Commission on Judicial Nomination, which screens candidates for Court of Appeals vacancies, said it is currently considering applications to replace DeFiore, who leaves on August 31st. Downtown Binghamton's most efficient and controversial traffic feature, the Court Street Roundabout, opened a decade ago. The traffic circle at the busy intersection with Shenango and Exchange Streets became operational with no fanfare on August 24, 2012. The roundabout was constructed as a key part of the Court Street Gateway project, which made other infrastructure improvements in the heart of the city's business district. Planning for the major street rebuilding initiative started when Richard Bucci was mayor, but when public hearings were held on the project in 2007 after Matthew Ryan became mayor, the only roundabout proposal was the only thing that drew criticism. Federal authorities in New York say three individuals in Washington state have been arrested on charges that they dodged taxes while living lavishly as they operated a multi-million dollar nationwide yoga network. The arrest occurred Wednesday. A complaint unsealed in Manhattan federal courts said the Yoga to the People organization promoted itself from 2006 to 2020 as a group featuring no-ego teachers to convince people that yoga is for everyone. Authorities say the organization started on the Lower East Side of Manhattan before becoming extremely popular and spreading elsewhere, including California, Colorado, Arizona, Florida, and Washington State. Authorities have announced a $2 million judgment against an oil company operator for endangering the water of residents of the Southern Tier and Western New York. According to state officials, James Lee and his corporate affiliates did not properly plug oil wells they operated. They contend that posed a significant danger to drinking water supplies in Steuben and Cattaraugus counties. The penalty was announced Monday by State Attorney General Letitia James and Governor Kathy Hochul. A state Supreme Court judge has ordered Lee's business to pay the $2 million assessment, which was described as the largest financial penalty imposed in an oil and gas well case. President Biden has announced a plan for student loan forgiveness for many, and Binghamton University students had a strong reaction. The Biden administration's student loan debt plan will forgive $10,000 of debt for those with student loans who are making under $125,000 per year, and $20,000 for students who went to college on Pell Grants. President Biden also extended the student loan pause for what is expected to be the final time through December 31st, 2022. And for undergraduate loans, people can cap repayment at 5% of their monthly income. WMBF spoke with a number of Binghamton University students following the announcement, and everyone thought this was a great step towards solving the student loan crisis. 
Kitty Liao, one of the students who spoke with WMBF, said it's a good thing. Student loan debt is one of the biggest issues in the United States right now. Personally, I've been fortunate enough to not have to take out as many loans, but I know my older sister went to private school, so obviously it's going to be a lot more than a SUNY. But if they could figure out a way to relieve all student loans, I think that'd be best. It's 1109, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. My National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 74 degrees, 62% humidity. Today mostly sunny, a high near 81. Tonight partly cloudy, low near 63. Tomorrow a chance of showers and thunderstorms, and showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 3 p.m., but mostly sunny, a high near 81 degrees, a 60% chance of rain. Tomorrow night showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 9 p.m., and chance of showers and thunderstorms between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m., Partly cloudy, a low around 60 degrees, 60% chance of rain. Saturday, slight chance of showers, but mostly sunny with a high near 75, 20% chance of rain. Saturday night, slight chance of showers before 9, mostly clear with a low near 58 and a 20% chance of rain. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 81. Sunday night, partly cloudy, a low near 65. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph, live on your radio and your properly equipped device, if you have the free WNBF app. It's the final hour. I'm here till noon, ready, willing, and able to talk with you at 607-772-1290. Again, 607-772-1290. topic of the day student loans yes student loans have captivated the north american viewing audience so if you have thoughts about student loans uh, the president's plan or anyone else's idea feel free feel free to participate Bob from Binghamton writes regarding student loans. I heard the best comment on the ABC News. You pay off your student loans, and now you can pay the loans for others. I have also paid 100% of all my two boys' college expenses. My one boy is in graduate school, and his classes cost $2,800 each that I am also paying without him having to take on loans. This loan forgiveness is a chief political ploy to offset the coming Republican midterm landslide. Bob from Binghamton, thank you for your note. Also regarding Pell Grants, Jack from the Spring, Springs. Jack from the Springs writes, for your listeners' information, Pell Grants are not loans and only need to be paid back if 
the student does not complete the academic period for which the grant was awarded. They may then only be required to be paid back partially. Thank you, Jack. At 11.14, let's punch up this button and see what happens. It's Dave from Vestal. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Yeah, I'd like to comment on the student loans. But before I do, can I make a quick comment on that? Uh, you had a caller. I think it was he was from West Windsor. He hadn't called in a while, I believe, because he had phone problems. Did, did you catch what he said at, towards the end? I don't know if if you heard him or not. Towards the end of your conversation, uh, he was he, he talking about you know your last minute caller that you always had there, and uh, he says, "Oh no, I enjoy hearing what the far left has to say." That, that struck me. I, I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that has his politics pinpointed. That made me feel good. Well, why should that? make you feel good i think everybody's politics can be pretty much discerned within the first eight seconds of the call well right i mean i mean you don't make any secret of your political leanings i it's it's a very rare caller i'm not saying they don't exist but most people who actually are compelled to call this program i think for the most part they reveal their worldview quite quite fast i mean it's not like they're a politician where they don't want to let you know where they stand yeah you know that's see that's the difference i mean sometimes you've got candidates you try to really ascertain what is your position on this controversial issue and oftentimes uh political candidates are reluctant to tell you specifically what their views are on some issue because they're afraid they're going to lose a vote yeah, you're right. Uh, and the ex, the ex mayor call when he called today. You, you would have thought if you didn't know who was calling, you would have thought Bernie was calling in with, with uh, praising uh, socialized medicine and uh, cheaper uh, uh, free education, uh, praising the European countries for the way they run things. Uh, he sounded just like Bernie. Didn't well, he? I don't know. He's- didn't sound like he was in Vermont, but maybe it's just my headphones. <laughs> anyway, what's, anyway, so what? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts well, today? Well, well, my thoughts on the student loan. I've been listening to everybody, and a lot of guys have made good points. Uh, girls too, not just guys. But anyways, uh, you know, James came across as we should be more than willing and happy to pay off their student loans because it's going to benefit us in the future. Um, they're important people, and they will help us down the road. Plus, it puts more money in their pocket that they can spend. And you know, and then Ron comes along and says, "Well, the plumbers, UPS drivers, they got to pay for that." Well, they, and you know, I started thinking, Bob, what about the people that took out like homeowners, you know, home loans and bought homes and had variable maybe rates, and things ballooned on them. And they needed money to spend. Maybe they were hurting. Who forgave their loans? Anybody? Who forgives? Who forgives anybody's loans when they're hurting? I don't buy it. Well, as I said, if if Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Ron DeSantis want to uh, assure me that if I take out a one hundred twenty thousand dollar loan for one of the better Tesla models, and then I can make payments for two years, and then. Ahead of the 2024 election, 
that they'll forgive the rest of my loan. I'll go out and buy a $150,000 Tesla or a two hundred or whatever. You know, if, if only they would just assure me that my loan would be forgiven after two or three years, I, I would support them, and I, I will vote for them, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I agree that the rates, that what they're charging for education now is ridiculous. And Ron's right. They, sh- they should be made to have skin in the game. They really should. They, they, got, they got all of that money piled up, a lot of these universities. Make them. Make them get involved. <laughs> they can gamble. They have a lot to lose. Oh, they're never going to agree to that. Come on, man. You know. Can you imagine if you asked a, a university president, would would you be willing to do that? Oh, the look. The look. I mean, that wouldn't come over well on the radio. That's why that question needs to be done during a live interview on TV, because you need to see the look. Right. Really. What What kind of an interview, what kind of a question is that, Bob? That's why they, they ought to give me just you know once a week or once a month a section a segment on Action News so I could ask a few questions to certain people who might not tell you the entire answer simply with their words but it's with the look. Right. You know, a live interview on Action News. Give me five minutes a month. Let's say at um, at, at six. Six oh eight every Monday night on Action News, and and uh-huh. give give me uh, make sure that whoever the camera operator is that they have a close up at least one of the cameras one of the studio cameras on the uh, interview subject's face so I could see the look when I ask them just the right kind of question. <laughs> As they say, if looks could kill, the interviewer That's would right. be dead. That's right. Hey, Bobby, you know what? How do we know? How do we know that Biden really, in his heart, believes in what he's doing here? You know, he's being pushed from the far left for a lot of things. I mean, not, they, they don't just want ten, twenty grand. They want everybody's education. Well, of course, they, 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 they want, want everything. But but I want I want yet. that too. <laughs> I I want everybody's education. I want your your gasoline and your food. I want everything. <laughs> For everybody to be paid for, but you know, I I don't want to be called a Bernie. I don't want. I'm not a Bernie, but I want everybody to have everything they want at no charge because I want people to be happy. Well, that's a good thing, but but you know what? (laughs) Speaking of, are you still there? Oh, I'm afraid I am. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, yeah. I I I mean, I've I've said before they don't unlock this cage till noon, so I'm stuck here for another thirty nine minutes. I don't agree. You know, I got to say this about Bernie, Bob. I don't agree with his politics whatsoever, totally against him. But you know what? That guy, I got to give him credit because, you know, he wears it all on his sleeve. He's honest. He doesn't lie to us. When he's campaigning, he tells you exactly what he wants to do, and he doesn't <laughs> – our opinions be damned. Well, and that's that's a great thing for an elected official. Yes, you, you know where he stands, and he's also consistent. What could also argue that, say, of the former guy? You know where he stands – and he generally is pretty consistent. So that's that's a, a fairly rare trait with elected officials. That's true. It, it, it's really true. We know we know where both of them stood. Right. But but Bernie come right out and say, I mean, the guy when he when he got married, Bob, did you know he he honeymooned in Russia? Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Well, better than Hawaii. 
<laughs> Touche. Eleven twenty-two. Exactly. Who wants to spend a week on the beaches of Hawaii when you can spend a blissful week of romantic? <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> Keep forgetting we're not on the late night yet. The late night show hasn't started yet. Stay tuned, folks. DJ from Binghamton. Good morning. Listen, what are you going to do when your $5,000 battery dies in your car, Bob? You're stuck with an electric car. You can't even ride. Come on, man. What are you thinking? What are you thinking over here? I'll call Elon Musk and he'll he'll send a replacement battery. My neighbor bought one. He was like 72 years old. Like this was many years ago. And his battery died in just a few. He just sold the car. I'll tell you what I don't like about what I don't like about Tesla. It's not that I don't trust Elon Musk. Well, of course, I implicitly trust Elon Musk. But the problem with Teslas, those people who run the Teslas, they can do all sorts of bad things to your car by remote control. If if they don't like you, say your typical range, I don't know what it is now for, for a standard Tesla, but say 200, you, yeah. you know, 200, 250 miles or whatever, but they can gimmick that. If they like you, they can increase the range remotely. If for some reason, say, say and this is a hypothetical, but say I buy a new Tesla and then mm-hmm. on Monday morning I say something about Elon Musk that he doesn't like, he can reduce the range of my Tesla from 200 miles to 2 miles. And he can do it remotely, and then I'm sadly out of luck. I'm sitting there at the roundabout with nowhere to go. Yeah, but Bob, he can also pay your gas bill. When you go to pump the gas in there, he's getting older. He, he messed up. He forgot how to use the app. So he can do a lot of good for your car, too. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk. Out. <clears throat> I do agree with the loan forgiveness as long as, you know, he's... Everything works out with uh, Uncle Joe's plan for the rich to pay off because, you know, people who make over 400000 they they should pay more. And uh, also, I didn't hear it back from Alexandria Yeager. I Facebooked her about how much more are these people going to make per hour under the union? Is it worth going through all this? I don't, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. I'll yeah. I'll be anxious to see what happens. I I honestly don't know what to expect. Um, I will say this: given what's happened in other parts of the country, I I hope the Starbucks doesn't start closing any of their local stores. Yeah, well, Bob, you should never be surprised because you know I always have the good questions. The very best questions. That's right. Appreciate the call. 1125 WNBF. You know, we may be setting a volume record. More calls this morning. Well, more calls than I can recall on any recent program. So I, I thank all who have contributed. We still have 30 more minutes, by the way. 607-772-1290. Scott from Binghamton, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I am well. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I just wanted to point out one thing that many people aren't mentioning with the student loan forgiveness. I've heard a lot of people saying, well, can I get forgiveness for my home loan or for my Tesla, as you were saying? But the difference is any other kind of loan or debt that somebody has, if they can't afford to pay it off, they have the option of bankruptcy where they lose the asset 
and they pay the penalty of going bankrupt, but then they can begin again and rebuild their credit. The banks years ago made it so that student loans cannot be erased by bankruptcy. You are stuck with them until you become disabled or die. There is absolutely no way out from under them. And if you can't pay them, your credit is destroyed basically forever. So there is a slight difference between that and, say, a mortgage you can't pay off. You can just give the house back and get out from under that loan. Only student loans were given this protection by the government to the banks saying, no, you can't put it on your bankruptcy. There's no way to write it off. You owe it, period, unless you die. Should the law be changed? I think so. I mean, or, or at least for one time. Obviously, someone did it over and over. Uh, that would be an abuse of it. But I think so, yeah. I don't think that there was a good justification for it anyway, considering how many times the taxpayers in this country have bailed out the banks. Uh, I think they owe the people more than they ever give anyway. We've bailed them out again and again from the savings loans on forward, and then the minute they might lose a little money, they run to Congress and say, oh, please protect us so that we can't lose anything. It's really not fair to anyone. Appreciate your call. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. 1127 WNBF. The calls keep pouring in. John from Harpersville. Good morning. How you doing? First of all, your last caller was incorrect because um, what the government does is you will not see a uh, an IRS uh, check return in April um, if you have an outstanding college loan. I accidentally fell into that. I had a three hundred dollar balance left on mine, and when I my uh, federal money came back three hundred dollars short, I called and they said, "No, whatever you owe will be taken from that." So you do get out from underneath it. I just I just had my books wrong, and I thought I was actually paid off. Second of all, this generation of everybody getting a trophy, now we're paying off their college loans? Give me a freaking break. How can Biden sit there and talk about unemployment as low as it's ever been, but yet what, these guys haven't gotten jobs yet, and their name is on the note? And what about the poor guy that uh, wanted to become a, a journeyman electrician but had to buy $5,000 worth of tools before he can get even get into the union. To me, that's like a tuition. We're not helping that guy out or that gal out. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Everybody's still getting a trophy. Everybody's still getting a participation trophy. And uh, you know what? You sign your name to something, you pay it off. It's an absolute joke, and he's doing it right before the midterms. We all know why he's doing it. So great. He's going to get all the idiot 22-year-olds that are saying that they can't find a job because they got a job in philosophy and gender pronouns, and all of a sudden I've got to pay for it. And I don't want to hear that it's only going to be to the upper echelon because we know it all trickles down. So it's another Biden ploy to get more of his, more votes, just like he did when he hid down in the basement during the presidential election. Well, I don't think it's going to work, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I was thinking about this last night. If you look at people who actually go and vote, more people who are older, and that means generally most of the people who listen to this program, tend to actually go out and vote, especially in midterm elections. Younger people typically, and I'm not painting with a broad brush, I'm just saying younger people who most likely would be affected by the president's loan forgiveness proposal – 
they don't go out and vote with with much frequency, especially in these off-year elections. So I personally think if this is the best he can do, it's not going to work. If anything, it might backfire. It's a possibility that it may backfire, but it also may draw some of those folks to the polls with the idea, hey, what else can I get? What else can I be forgiven for? So you're right. You know, it's similar to the uh, to the abortion thing. You know, I'm definitely pro-life, but I think the Republicans are going to get hurt a little bit. And obviously I'm Republican, but we're going to be hurt a little bit because of this, even though it's at the state level and abortions haven't been written off the books. People can still go out and kill their babies if they want to in most states or go somewhere else to get it done. But um, I think it's going to hurt. I think that's going to hurt. So it's probably going to be, uh, you know, maybe more voting and maybe, you know, maybe more people at my age voting against them, even though I would have anyway, um, or for the or for the uh, uh, Biden if he runs, because I think he's just giving away too much of the farm. We're just paying too many people are paying for too much of a minority of groups and um, they're not being held responsible. So. John, thank you for your call. All right. Have a good day, Bob. It's 1131. I really do appreciate the participation of so many listeners today. Hey, a lot of people listening. The truth is 99% or more of the people who listen to radio programs never have a chance to call in. We're hearing from a lot of people, some familiar voices and new voices as well. Lines are still open, 607-772-1290. If you're... In line, online, stand by. We'll get to you momentarily on our Thursday program. I'm Bob Joseph, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com. calls more often. John from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. What did I want to talk about? <laughs> According to this, NYSEG and unions. Oh, yeah. Uh, unrelated. Uh, people, uh, how about this socialism? You know you don't pay your utility bill, uh, but there's a charge on everybody else's bill to, to pay the utility bills of people that are not paying. Uh, so there you go, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, their fair share is, is in your wallet. Uh, I think the real point is, what is a discretionary uh, income for? In other words, you have a young person. Uh, uh, they have some discretionary income. I mean, is it for lunch every day while working? Is it for cocktail hour? Uh, is it for uh, uh, new wheels for their hoopty? Uh, y- y- you know, this this is the the problem is uh, that everything on Instagram is geared uh, to hedonism, uh, materialism, uh, sex. Uh, there's very little of it uh, that shows hard work and and budget. And I mean, so this this is really the problem with the younger people. Well, I mean, the bottom line is hard work isn't 
fun to talk about. It's necessary for most of us. There's a, there's a very, very small percentage of the general population that can get away without doing some hard work at, at some point in their lives. But let's face it, for social media, who's going to click on anything involving hard work? Well, let me uh, let me tell you the genius of, of the uh, Polish state. Uh, when they broke for uh, away from communism, uh, they did this for young people. Uh, you signed one loan, one loan at the bank when you got married, and that loan uh, covered your mortgage and a stock portfolio, your retirement portfolio. So essentially, you went into the bank, and whatever a house costs in Poland and whatever uh, thing you had. Two immediate assets, uh, and you had one payment. And this essentially, uh, the, all they had to worry about is the one payment. And when they're retirement age, they they can use their retirement account. Uh, we our American dream has become an intergenerational Ponzi scheme. And uh, you know uh, if. If you didn't do this or do that by a certain date, you're left out. Now, on the employment thing, you know, let's put it this way, on unions. And unions have a a great advantage. Uh, They have political power, and they can engineer things. Uh, The American Rescue Plan gave $1.8 billion, $1.8 billion to essentially Local 802, which is the American Federation of Musicians, uh, for their pension. <laughs> I mean, in other words, their their pension didn't hold up at all. Everything was invested in lousy investments. And at the end of the day, because of politic, political power, uh, they got a pension bill. Now, think about this. Uh, let's look at it. Uh, would the Maine's workers, the workers that worked for Maine, would they have been better off with the union? Because what happened to their retirement? Uh, would the Azon workers have been better off uh, with the union uh, uh, or uh, for their retirement? So th- this is the problem. Now, the, the, the other problem is, is that the – and you're seeing what's interesting about it is you're seeing that these woke companies are just as vicious uh, against unions or more – uh, you know the Howard Schultzes. Uh, you know they're, they're they're unbelievably vicious, so uh, anti-union. But uh, I would say that uh, the 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 attraction for these companies when they first start out after they IPO uh, is uh, the stock price. And you know after the honeymoon period, I don't know five six years after the growth stage is gone, uh, the employees can see the fact that. You know, uh, it's just another stock. So that was the attraction for working at Home Depot or Starbucks in in the beginning before the IPOs. So once you take that froth off, uh, you know, it it becomes a a different thing. But I I think there's one thing that we can say about the employers of the Southern Tier. Uh, A lot of them were lousy outfits. (laughs) Well... Eh, we could do a show about that someday. I'd talk about getting the phone lines ringing off the hook for that show. Thank you, John. 11.39 at WNBF. I've talked with a lot of people who've worked at a lot of places, and they 
they would participate in that type of show if it ever happens. I don't think that show is going to actually happen, but if it ever happened, uh, we'd have to run far more than three hours. Anne in Endwell, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling about the student loan issue, uh, which is if you look at high schools and the education that needs to be done, and, um, and even with families, to explain to the children before they take these exorbitant loans and the, how we don't encourage children to go into community colleges first, and then if you're going on to a four-year school, you still have that final degree in your four-year school. There's ways around this, and it should be encouraged. Um, you know, and, and what we've done to this generation with these exorbitant fees on their loans, that's something that I heard one of the other callers talk about. That should be looked at. Not so much for giving the loan, but maybe going back, you know, and, and coming back with those fees so they're not so exorbitant. It's just, it's, it's a shame what's going on. I agree. I appreciate your call. Thank you for calling in. I hope you have a great afternoon. You too. 1141 WNBF 607-772-1290. We're not done yet. If you haven't had a chance to call in, we have an open line, 607-772-1290, or send an email to bob at wnbf.com. It's Bob Joseph, WNBF, WNBF.com. We may have to go for a, a fourth hour this morning. The lines are just that busy. Martin from Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. Uh, hey, you know, that even though Liz Cheney lost the election, she won the two most educated counties in Wyoming. Uh, and also, before yesterday's announcement, the latest poll that came out was that democracy was the number one concern among Americans, not the economy or the health care. And uh, I know that, you know, when I was living in California, and I got out there in the late 70s, early 80s, um, some friends of mine were already out there. And it's like all you had to do was live there for six months residency and you got free tuition. All you had to do was buy your books. Now, what did that net California? Only the fifth largest economy in the world as of today. And as far as the stupid 22-year-olds go, I mean, who's the guy that said, oh, I love the uneducated? Well, why? Because they can believe that the uh, voting machines were rigged by some uh, alien force in Venezuela or um, that this guy won by a landslide. I mean, so, you know, education is everything. I love the poorly educated. Well, there's nothing wrong with being poorly educated. Well, that's true. I mean, if you can, you know, you still get in and work hard and stuff. But I'm just saying, but the latest poll, though, is like, you know, they're talking about this is a gimmick. Well, you know, the poll had had come out before this announcement. 
that people are uh, waking up, you know, that even some Republicans are waking up about that. Because without the democracy, what the hell do we got? All right. Appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. Robert from Richford. Good morning. I'd like to talk about uh, the student loan deal. My son took two years off. He graduated high school. Took two years and worked. He didn't know what he wanted to do. Then he decided, and I paid. I paid for four years, for two years at Broome Community College, and uh, he went to State University of New York Institute of Technology and got a degree in civil engineering. He paid the loan off in six years. And I I just don't understand how they can... And he's upset because they're not paying him back. Well, then maybe they should. Maybe they should make it retroactive. Yes, you're right. They should. All right. Well... But but who's going to pay for that? That's a good point. It's like I said earlier, I want people to get free gasoline and and, um, and and free burgers, too. But, you know, what I would like for people and what's affordable, those are two different things. And, and why do Democrats want to bury Trump so bad? Wow. He doesn't like Democrats either. I, I think it's I think the feeling's mutual. You know, if he if he would say something nice about a Democrat, they might say something nice about him. Uh, I know it's not going to happen, but wouldn't it be nice. Wouldn't it be a nice test? He could do an experiment if he says something nice nice about Nancy Pelosi, say at uh, four o'clock this afternoon. See if she says some, something nice about him in the next twenty four hours. Just see if it works. What can you say nice about her? I don't know. She likes delicious ice cream. I do. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, appreciate your call, Robert. Thank you. Jesse from Owego. Good morning. Hey, Bob. I'm a tough customer, but I'm also Mr. Nice Guy. I took out a student loan for my daughter, and I said, number one, you are paying every bit of this loan off. I'm not paying a single penny. And she worked her butt off, and she paid it. And my point was, if you sign your name to something, you better make sure you don't own up to it. No excuses whatsoever. But she did. And now she owns her own house. She's got her own business. She's paying for everything. And I, you know, I also said, don't live beyond your means. And she's doing it. But I just don't believe in forgiveness. But I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually agreed with the mayor. That former mayor with that roundabout, he's right. The loans are unfair, and the tuition costs, they have to be brought down because these colleges get more endowments. They get more donations than just about everything on the planet. But you don't hear about it. So I'm like, hey, something does have to be done. But at the same time, Bob, be responsible. That's the main thing, by the way. I, I insist that people try to be responsible. That's that's one of the X factors, whether you're talking about taking out loans or anything else in life. Try to be responsible. That's all it is. It's pretty simple. And by yeah. the way, I'm Mr. Nice. 
I'm Mr. Nice Guy from Owego, by the way, Bob. I love Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Greek, whatever color party out there on the planet. I was in Owego last night. I took a video uh, along the river, and there's something wrong with your river over there next to the Court Street Bridge because you can see, you can almost see the bottom. There's Whoever's running that river in Owego, they're not putting enough water in it. And I, I documented I have the video to prove it. They, they don't have enough water there, Jesse. Right now, I could walk across there. I know. I, I almost did, too. It was so shallow. And then I asked some people who were walking over there along the um, the, the river walk. I said, hey, what's, uh, what's the deal with the river? Who's in charge? I mean, who can I call to get them to put a, a little more water in here? It looks awful. I think Hoover Dam would be good. And by the way, Bob, that's not my river. I can't take responsibility. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to point out I was there. I documented it. I was shocked. I was shocked. Thank you, Jesse. Vinny from Binghamton, good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, um, I, I wanted to talk real quick um, about uh, Dr. Fauci and his 50 years. You know, I think one of the things I, I always tell, me and my wife always talk about this, is that, you know, this younger generation that we have coming up, we really have to spend some time talking to them, teaching them. Start with your own family if you have kids, because I'm going to tell you, this is the future of our country. And a lot of times, they're not going to listen to what you say. They were going to watch what you do. And I just watch how these congressmen, the, the McCarthy's, the Johnson's, the Cruz, McConnell's, all of them, how these spineless senators and congresspeople, how spineless you guys are when it came to Fauci. Man has worked under seven presidents. 2008, Medal of Freedom. This man loved what he did. And for him to go out with his previous absolutely pathetic administration, the blame game that they did to this man, death threats against his family, is inexcusable. All right, well, I think they ought to apologize to him. Would it be too much to, to apologize to the guy? He is, in my estimation, an American hero. It, it, absolutely. And to be blamed. I mean, this guy went through AIDS with Reagan and HIV. He was there with, with Biden and Obama with uh, Ebola. And I remember, one, I remember Fox News trying to scare the country, talking about it's coming. It's going to come. It's going to come into your neighborhood. It's going to affect people. There are deaths involved. This was Fox News. This was Fox News, which is what I consider Fox News what the Vatican is to the Catholics. Fox News is to Republicans. That's what they've been. They're a huge lobby group, and they were trying to scare America back then. And then look what happens when they get in power, trying to blame Fauci for everything. Yeah. Well, I think Fox News should apologize for not treating Dr. Fauci appropriately. He is truly an American hero. Joan in Binghamton, good morning. Oh, boy, the American hero, huh? Well, anyway, besides In my that, opinion, I didn't say that's true. I didn't say that's a fact. In my opinion, and you can't you can't say my opinion's wrong. You could say you disagree with me, but my opinion cannot be wrong. I didn't say it's a fact. Ah, uh, okay. Well, the school thing when they were saying that you know um, tuitions were too expensive, you have a choice of what school you want to go to. If you want to go to a SUNY or Broom Tech and live at home, or if you want to go to uh, 
Well, getting into Harvard is, I guess, isn't that easy. But still, you know, if you want to go to an Ivy League school and they charge four times as much, well, that's your choice. Are we, are we going to pay just because uh, they made a bad choice, or it just doesn't seem to be logical to me? Well, that's true. I mean, if I want a one hundred twenty thousand dollar Tesla, I can certainly get it, or I could be economical and continue to drive my 1984 Yugo, you know, but there's a price to be paid for every choice we make. I think everybody that buys an electric car, you know, the debt should be forgiven. They should take out a loan on it and pay the minimum for, you know, a couple of years, and then the government should step in and say, oh, you know, we'll pick up the government is really us, anybody else who didn't buy a Tesla should be, you know, required to pay off their Tesla. Well, why don't you make Kamala Harris pay off everyone's Tesla loan? Well, you're diverting. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, and the, re- the reason for that is we're in the final seconds of the program. We're winding down. So I have to find some sort of wacky way to uh, wind up what's been a busy morning. I'm glad I was able to get your call on, though. Okay, well, yeah. you guys had on the news, what was it, uh, a couple of days ago, I think it was yesterday, actually, the new news that like 75% of the uh, uh, delinquent payers are women. Yeah, I didn't hear that, but I, I'll have to look that up. Again, appreciate your call, Joan. Hope you have a good afternoon. You know, the, the more extensive news, you know, when they have right. a little bit of commentary. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check into that. Appreciate your call. Okay, sure thing. 11.56, Bob Joseph on WNBF. Is your... Carol from Johnson City, good morning, you're on the air. This will take 45 seconds. Uh, it's like sort of a rhetorical question, comment. Uh, what about all those poor students that are still in high school and the future college loans? Are they are they being accommodated as well? Okay, that's sort of like a rhetorical question. The second comment is, it's a good thing I wasn't swallowing my oatmeal when you said that uh, cars are that Tesla or whoever that runs the electric car group there uh, can access your car by, you know. The computer on your car? I just about fell over when you said that. Yeah, if he they can could do, do it, it with hearing aids. If they could do it with hearing aids, I guess they can do it with cars. Yeah, we'll talk more about that tomorrow if I think of it, okay? Yes, I will be there. All right. Here. Thanks, Whatever. Carol. Have a great Bye. afternoon. You as well. Thanks. Well, that's a lot of calls. I think we did set a new record today. I'll have to call my friend over at the phone company. She might know. I think she does know. Anyway, mission accomplished, but we will continue tomorrow morning. I'm Bob Joseph. Have a great afternoon. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com.